Alrighty, so we're we're back in here, back in the studio, and we don't even know what to call this segment. But basically, in a sense, it's us. We've gotten a whole bunch of questions in from a bunch of people from online on Instagram. Uh, Emil Steenfeld, uh, that's how, how you can find him online on Facebook and Instagram. Underscore underscore Ben James underscore on Instagram and Ben Kelly on Facebook. All the Ben Jameses were taken, uh, but yeah, we don't know what to call this yet. It's probably questions with friends or questions with. Yeah, and basically. Now. Yeah, basically, we got a bunch of questions sent in, and I think this is what we're also going to do to include everybody in this: is yeah. sending questions, and basically, if it fits or if it's interesting, let's talk about it. Yeah, it also just helps us out as well. Yeah, so we don't have to be perpetually trying to work up, work out what to be able to talk about, because sometimes, literally, we're just super boring. Speak. And when I say we, I mean speaking for himself. I'm never boring. But anyway, so we've got some questions in here and we're eventually going to get around to them as the weeks go by. But um, so we've got a couple and we've got one here. The first one uh, is from Ice Castillo and it says how to focus on one thing. Right. Do you think that's something that especially right now with quarantine? Like yeah. people are probably having a really, really tough time, even though they've got all the time in the world. Well, some people do more than mm. they usually would that they may be struggling to hone in. Hmm. Where do we go with this? Yeah. So many things come to mind. Ice. Cool name, by the way. Yeah. Um, what's interesting is because I was always told in school, Emil is a lovely student. Emil is a lovely student. However, is easily distracted. So I'm definitely the kind of person that needs to learn how to focus and I need structure. And if I don't, then literally my attention goes anywhere and everywhere. So what I do personally, I have to have a plan and I kind of have to be, have to be like, okay, when I wake up in the morning, I have to literally think about my day. What do I want to achieve by the end of the day? And when I think about what I need to achieve by the end of the day, then it gives me a plan to go, okay, what are the most important things right now? What are my priorities? If I was to look back at the end of the day, what would I be happy with that I achieved? So it takes a little bit of organization, first, yeah. and, first and foremost. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and this, is, this is the thing. I used to hate organization. I used to hate structure. Um, a really good exercise to do is write down what are your distractions. And the moment I write down my distractions, and I know we all know our distractions, but the moment I wrote down my distractions, I was like, okay, my phone, it could be WhatsApp, it could be, I mean, social media. Um, what's the biggest one that gets you it's social media it's my phone because my phone's constantly going off so I'm like you know James Clear talks about it in Atomic Habits he's like if you want to create a habit he's like you're going to have to make it as hard as possible or unattractive for you to break that bad habit so how what he means by that he says get your phone and put it in the other room Yes, make so it less obvious. Yes. Or make one that you want more obvious. Less attractive. Another yeah. one could be like if you want to stop eating or binge eating or emotionally eating, which a lot of people are doing right now in quarantine, um, instead of having chips and stuff available on the table that you can see all the time or chocolates, you can go put nuts or put some fruit out, or something healthy that you can see that you just go, I'll grab that. Mm. So I think it's really about going, okay, what is it that I want to focus on? Why do I want to focus on that? What's What will I get from me focusing on that because it's really important I think to know your why because otherwise you just go okay I need to do this but you don't really ask a deeper question yeah so you think like it, it sometimes maybe they're trying to do something that's not a high value 
do you think that that sometimes it falls within something that they're really not seeing as as to the importance of how it benefits maybe their high values or maybe something or their why and then maybe forgetting exactly why they started or why they're doing it yeah there's so many of us that will think i need to do this or i have to go and do this but we don't really know why we're doing it we're just kind of doing it because we should Mm. we're told we should like you should eat healthy but why you should do certain exercises but why but i think really if people understand the benefits of what that's going to give them then they're more inclined to go okay cool i know if i get this done like my my, i'm very i'm pretty ambitious with what i want to create and stuff so i know if i go i'm going to create a plan and i want to get these things done that's moving me closer to my dream that's that's fun for me so I think it's really important also to, to bring fun into it, you know, like with, with focus comes, we're so easily distracted. Like we pick up a phone, we get notifications. That's another thing, notifications. Like I don't have notifications on Instagram, yeah. so, uh, Facebook. Um, I have it on Instagram. but That I doesn't put, stop I, me from checking it though. Yeah, but I put it on silent. Um, and really when I want to focus, like to try and get really focused, like, and this is pretty hard for me, I'm, I'll admit, what I'll do is I'll set a timer for like 45 minutes. I'm going to fully just like smash out this task for 45 minutes and it comes like a game. So I do it 45 minutes and I, I work at it and then the alarm will go off and I go, oh, cool. And then I'll set up, you know, but if I don't do that also, I get pulled in direction sometimes. Yeah. And it's frustrating. Like it can be super frustrating when you're like, I'm trying to do this thing and then you're not doing anything except going all over the joint. Just being busy, busy being busy. And I think that's one thing is like a lot of people are trying to be, uh, they get down on themselves by not being effective within two hours or three hours or whatever. And it's because they've yet to master being super effective within 15 minutes. And again, it's chunking down. It's like, well, just prove to yourself that you can master and be very effective within 15 minutes. Once you've been able to prove that and show that, you just keep edging it out and edging it out, right? But again, like people, they just, they want to bypass that and it's like they get really down on themselves as well because it's, 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 some people can do a lot more in 15 minutes than some, some people with, with two hours. True. So then it's again, it's like, well, focus plus effectiveness in a sense and i speak to a lot of people it's like some people have eight hours a day to focus on their business and some people only have 15 minutes Mm. and some people are going to do more in that 15 minutes than some will over the whole eight hours so again it's 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 also a thing about like trying to be as effective as you possibly can but that also then goes back to being super organized knowing exactly what it is you need to do and i think some people can also get a little bit overwhelmed when they've got so many to-dos so I like to sort of chunk it down where on a Sunday or so I come up with, you know, all the open loops that I need to to knock on the head mm-hmm. and all the things, all the action steps. And then my week basically gets compartmentalized into the only thing I have to do all week is this list. Mm. It's not I have to do a whole bunch of things. So you do your week on a Sunday. Well, I like to get clear on what am I going to be happy with by week's end if I fulfill. Okay. And sometimes they're, they're like, I'm not going to get everything done. Yeah. But that creates the organization and it, and, it, and it streamlines it into I only do one thing. I'm only doing one thing all week. Mm. And that gets broken down into how many workouts I've decided to do, you know, all everything to do with my lifestyle. And I can just tick it off. The whole thing is then about ticking off. Am I as consistent with that as I, as I should be? 
No, but this is the importance of being able to get organized on, on the Sunday. All I do is this, it's done. You can take an hour. It only takes an hour. Mm. And then the whole week ahead, you've already decided if I do this, I'm happy with the week. But I think again, like some people just, because they don't do that, they don't know what will make them, they don't know what sort of effort will have them be happy by a week's end. If you've dictated that but at the beginning of the week yeah. and you said, this is what will make me happy, then if you get close to it, then at least you have some sort of gauge and organization as well. But let's, let's take, so maybe what we'll do, like, let's say someone's building a business mm. or they're, they're, they're building a side hustle or um, uh, something to do with bolstering their career. Mm. Right. What do you what do you see with people that are building a business as far as um, trying to remain focused and, and what are the big sort of distractions when it comes to their business? Because there's a whole bunch of things that people are trying to create right now. It's not just businesses, but it's interesting, man. Because I was listening to again James Clear and Sam Harris the other day. It was a podcast, mm-hmm. and he was speaking about you know everybody has dreams, everybody has big goals, but unless you have a plan, you're basically just stabbing in the dark. Now, how many of us do that? We're like, we get pumped up, we get motivated, and then we're like, yes, I'm going to go and do this. And then it falls on its face because motivation is also can be dangerous thing. I think motivation can be dangerous because the moment you rely on something outside of you to motivate you, the moment that's not there, then where's your motivation? So it, ha- it has to be internal. And James clearly hit, hit it on the head. And, you know, I was walking down the street and I, I heard this and I've heard it before, but it really hit me this time because of what I'm trying to create right now with my businesses. And he said, we don't rise to the level of our goals. We fall to the level of our systems. And when you think about that, it's, it's everything is in your system. It's like, what do you do daily? What you do daily will affect your month. What you do monthly will affect your year. What you do yearly will affect your 10, your the next decade. You know, you've all heard of that, um, be careful what you say because your thoughts become words, words become actions, actions become character, character becomes your destiny, you know, and it is, it's so true. It's like the things you do on a consistent basis daily is this in alignment with the person I want to be and how do I shop as that? So for people that are growing their business right now, it's like, cool, well, if this is the goal, what's the system I'm going to create in order to get that goal versus I'm just going to go and work for 14-hour days, stepping in the dark, yeah. thinking, guys, I need this and I need that with no actual system. And, and there's all – success leaves clues. So if, the, if success leaves clues, there's so many people that are leaving clues out there to go, okay, cool, if you want to build your YouTube or if you want to build your brand, this is how you do it. There's so much information out there, but it's just about going, okay, what is the system that's going to get me there? And being patient because sometimes that's what happens. What about, what about shiny object syndrome? Because I think we're, we're, we're in an era and we're in a day and age where it's never been easy to succeed mm. for just about anyone, right? Mm. But it's never been more difficult to stay focused mm. because we're so aware of so many different people succeeding in so many different things. And for a lot of people, when the thing that they're doing gets a little bit tough and it's not necessarily going as fast as they'd like it or happening as quick. Um, They see all these other people and they look at that and go, well, it must be the thing that they're doing that's making them successful. Mm -hmm. It's, it's what they're doing as opposed to the fact that they're super clear on the fact that that's what they know they should be doing. 
right? I think that's what people kind of don't understand. It's not the things that make people successful is the fact that they're super clear on the fact that that's what they should be doing. And when you're clear on that, you don't look, you're not looking elsewhere. Mm. You're not seeing, well, what is this going to be better than what I'm doing? Is this going to lead me to success quicker? Because there's always going to be stuff out there and we see it all the time. Oh, I just saw this person do well in stock trading. I just saw this person do well. A coach, I just saw this person do well in this type of business. I just saw this person do well in network marketing. I saw people do well in affiliate marketing. And then they they chop and change. Yeah. And they confuse the fact that they've seen this person do well at that for it being the outlet. No, they were just super clear on the fact that that's the outlet that they needed to be in and it suited their skills, it suited their their um, values, it suited their um, you know desires, it, it suited their why, it suited their, their morals, it suited their business ethics or whatever it is. What happens when you change your mind consistently? Well, you start to I, – I think that breeds doubt. Yeah. I think the more things that you try to do – and fail at because you you refuse to develop grit and you refuse to develop the characteristics. It might be that, but it also just be it could simply be you just lack clarity on what it is you should be doing and you're trying to do something that's just not. If you're constantly doing it and not following through and going, ah, oh, I don't like this today. Let's go and do this. Ah, oh, I don't like this today. Let's go and do this. Ah, oh, I don't like this today. Let's go and do this. Like the, ch- the shiny, it's like we, we're looking for instant gratification. When what happens when we look for instant gratification, it's like I'm not getting the hit that I want or I think I'm going to get because what I saw was not just the person that was successful. This person's been working their ass off for a certain amount of time. They've developed system. They've developed habits. And it, it, it's this typical thing, you know, success doesn't happen overnight. You know, when I see people pop up out of nowhere, it's like they didn't just pop up. They were grinding in the background, but consistently. Yeah, but people don't see that, right? No. So, And it's like people want it yeah. as quick as possible. And you do see people marketing things like, you know, it took me so-and-so, but they didn't say, they didn't show, oh, yeah, but the years of me developing this trait, this skill, this ability of, of whatever that then when I moved into this yeah. allowed me to be super effective. Some people are entering that thinking they should be able to spend the same amount of time being able to get there. Mm. And I think people do have a really unhealthy expectation of, of how long – things should take to be able to get then how much focus it requires on one thing to eventually be able to get good at it. Yeah. So, and you can take you for instance, like been doing what you're doing for 10, 10 odd years, 10 plus years. Hmm. And then, you know, people might look at you now and go, Oh, I've just realized Emil was on social media. He just popped up overnight. It's like, well, hot, like he hasn't, you haven't gone and sprayed off on a whole bunch of different things. Hmm. You've stayed focused even amongst all the, all the, um, seeing other people do whatever it was that they're doing, you stayed in your lane, you stayed committed to the to the craft, you were clear on that's the thing that you were going to do and you were going to burn the boats and, and make it work until you got there, right? Mm. It's funny you say that because stay in your lane. I think it's a massive thing we all need to do. It's like what is your – what speaks to you? We're never competing against anybody else except for ourselves. And I think that's the dangerous part of it is the comparison that we can do. It's like, I need to be as good as that person. I need that person's doing it. I should be doing that. And it's like, yo, if you're constantly looking outside, you're, you're actually just pushing off your gifts yourself that you have. You're not acknowledging the gifts that you have as well. I think we're all unique in our own way and we have to understand what our strengths are. And when we all understand our individual strengths, then we focus on that. 
And when we can focus on that, we can take it to the next level and then adapt. Cool, that's what they're doing, but I'm not the same person. I'm not that person. How do I make it unique to me? And there's so many coaches out there. There's so many network marketers. There's so many things. What makes, mm. us, what makes us different? And I think that's what we have to ask ourselves in order to get really clear about who we are as people. What are, what are my values? You know, your values are different. But we both know that obviously with what we do, we have similar values, but it doesn't mean they're the same. No, and I want to. I want to. We'll we'll talk about that. But I want to put a full stop on um, uh, on that question of being mm. able to focus, and we'll, we'll stop it at that. But I do want to go into what you're talking about now, with sort of a comparison of of values mm. and how that affects people over the long term, right? Because we do see that mm. people. I think people do borrow other people's value systems, and sometimes even they borrow people's whys because they've seen them get appreciation for what their why is. I know I've seen people who have seen that, um, oh, they had this why of retiring their mother and we get pre- appreciation for that. And then people go say the same thing, but it was really truly ingrained that that's what we wanted to do. It wasn't borrowed from anyone else. It wasn't something that we, we thought was sounding good to people on the way to getting it. We, that was the thing that got us there was the fact that our why was super clear. It actually was what it was yeah. and it was palpable. It wasn't, it wasn't just a, a, a gimmick. Right. Mm. And I think that a lot of people do um, borrow a lot of people's why's or they borrow people's value system because Sometimes they just simply want the, the the appreciation of whatever it is that they that, that they've seen people get for things that they actually really truly don't value. And when I say to people, look, look, if I don't see a change in behavior towards what you want, I'm telling you right now, you haven't found your why. I'm it's, telling you right now. It's also you think like that person looks really happy. I want what that person has. It's a gap. Gap is like you're looking at that person going, oh, my God, that person must be so fucking happy. That person just got this award. That person just showed up in this. Look at the appreciation. This is the love they're getting. The whole thing even about famous. It's like we think fame is going to give us this, I'm going to feel complete when I get famous. And then some of these people are the most loneliest people ever because they were lonely from the start. It's just exuded. It's just put a magnifying glass on what was what was there before yeah society society has a really big issue with that mm-hmm. is they think that there's this there's this hierarchy that's that's unspoken of but it's very prevalent it's like who gets to feel what mm-hmm. and a lot of people think people who are famous or who had success or have gained some sort of level of esteem or social status or um a financial status that they get to escape the realms of being human, right? So we see when celebrities have success and whatever, and it's like they have the issues of what's he got to be upset about? Like, it's like they don't, once you reach this, like you, you're not allowed to feel no more pain, yeah, right? Because people think that they're going to be able to, when they get to that point, mm. I'm going to get that, I'm going to get that. I'm never going to feel sad again. I'm never going to feel lonely again. I'm never going to feel these things again. And they have this false expectation around that. Yeah. And we see it with how people treat celebrity or people that have success. They, they don't allow them to be human because they think they've been able to escape the realms of feeling the exact same things. It's like, it's messed up. Hmm. It's funny you say, cause it's, it's pedestal, right? We put people on pedestals and whenever we put people on pedestals, I've done it before. 
like I had a, a teacher that I had. Oh my God, he he was one of the best yoga teachers I've ever had. He had so much knowledge. I put him on this pedestal. Like he knew so much. But the dangerous thing about putting someone on a pedestal is whether it's even your, a girlfriend or a boyfriend or your, your husband, your wife, your, you know, your guru, is that you don't give them room to make a mistake. You don't give that person, that famous person, room to make a mistake. And the moment they make a mistake, we condemn them. We're like, oh, my God, I can't believe they did that. And this is the thing. It's like there is a massive gap. The moment we put someone on a pedestal, they have to be perfect. Yeah, we create this illusion in our own minds that they have to show up like this. Our expectations, yeah, how they have to show up. You've got this. You don't get to be. You don't get to experience humanness anymore, mm. right? That's a really like we have a nobility, yeah, issue within society. I feel, but also again, like no people need to know that if if someone's human, even if they're showing it, even if people are posting the highlight reels. Mm. They're going to have stuff there. Like, I don't need someone to show me their, their pain to know that they got it. Mm. If, I, if I know that they're human, I don't need you to go and show me. And I just know. I just know. But I think some people get the idea that, that they don't. And I think um, Martini uses a really good sort of example of values comparisons. It's like mm. there's a trade-off. But people just aren't aware of the trade-off that that person's made. And again, like, he, he, he uses a story where he talks about um, – he was talking to a doctor and this doc- doctor was you know, really, really miserable, really upset, um, hating life. And he's talking to him about, you know, what's going on for me. And he asks him, who are you comparing yourself to? Hmm. And he says, no one. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not comparing myself to no one. He's like, no, no, have a, have a good thing about it. Have a good thing about it. So he sits for a minute and he goes and starts to think. And he realizes, oh, well, maybe there's this, there's this other doctor and he goes, well, well, tell me about him. And well, before we talk about him, tell me about you know, all the things that you, you value and the things that you think you're, uh, you're doing well in life. And he goes, you know, I've got a great relationship with my partner. You know, I've got a practice. I've got a couple of cars. I've got a great relationship with my kids. Even my stepmother I've got a great relationship with. I can travel a few times a year, and, you know, but I still feel miserable. Mm. And he goes, well, talk about the guy that you're comparing yourself with. He goes, well, he's got four cars and he's got three practices and he's really well acclaimed, very famous, and he lives up on the hill in a bigger house. And he goes, well, let's say that you were able to have those three cars, Mm -hmm. more practices, a bigger house, and more notoriety. If you got those things but you were now had no – good relationship with your with your your wife and kids you weren't able to travel as much right all the things you would you trade would you trade with him mm. and he he said well no and he goes well where where are you thriving within your values that maybe he's had to trade off with and he goes well he he hasn't he doesn't really he's he's split up from his his wife and partner because he's too busy he he can't travel um, his kids don't get to see him at all. Mm. And it's like, well, tell me now again, like, would you, would you trade? But it's so easy to see on the front end, right? Like what's going well with people. It's like, but there's always a trade-off. And it's like typically people that live within their values, they get what they want. The high values, they, get, they typically get what they want, but they've had to sacrifice. And that's the trouble when people com- compare what their actual real high values are to someone else's. 
it makes it feel like they've got very little. Yeah, it's such a dangerous thing to do. I mean, you've heard, we've all heard the saying, comparison is a thief of joy. But we naturally do it. We do it unconsciously. We look. We, we've been brought up to compete, even from school. I think I was talking about this the other day. We were, you know, you go to school, you compete for grades. You go, you race, you compete for that. You play sport, you compete for that. Mm. It's like the whole thing is when you win, you get praise. When you're at the top, you feel good you know and and so many athletes out there have their rituals right they literally have like it's like an ocd thing got it like you, you've seen a dial play mm. play tennis he literally will get he sits his water bottle here he sits his next drink here sits that there he's like everything is same routine and a lot of athletes do this because they know that that works for them but what happens when there's chaos and there's order when it happens and it doesn't go in that do they lose their shit what happens if they can't play tennis what happens if you can't do the thing that has always given you that adrenaline kick, that feeling of like, I feel alive. It's like, this is why it can be dangerous too. Yeah. I mean, we compare both ways. Mm. We compare down to minimize. Yeah. Right. And I think that kind of, I think, I think that kind of thing, uh, minimizing kind of leads way into the next question, uh, which is from our friend, Tony Alexis. Tony Alexis. Alexis. Uh, When does being positive become unhealthy? So basically, like, is being positive all the time good for you, in a sense? Mm. It's interesting, man, because I think the biggest myth in spirituality is that we have to be, just be positive. Just stay positive. High vibe. Not low vibe. (laughs) Don't piss no one off. Don't get angry. Be upbeat. (laughs) (laughs) Think about it. I'm like, I get it. I, um, you know, and, and I also like to be positive, but I also have to acknowledge like, this is what happens, right? There's be positive all the time, but what you do is you deny certain parts of you. And I think we all have certain parts. We're naturally negatively geared to have negative thoughts. Um, feelings and emotions that will come up and if you resist them what you resist will persist the moment you try it comes up and the moment you try and push it down the moment it gets louder now so many of us are like just be positive just be positive and I'm like yeah that's all good to say all good and well but it's like I think it really does come down to acknowledging what's actually coming up and not focusing on it like and being like oh i'm negative i'm negative i'm negative I'm negative like because so many people have shame around that too like how many of us like i shouldn't be feeling like this i've i've, I've got a place to live in i've got this and that and it's like why am i feeling like that yeah well there's people that have got less than me i don't yeah. like i shouldn't be like this be upbeat and they start focusing on like hmm. what's going right yeah and I think it's dangerous, especially now. Like you think about people around the world, it's like, yeah, I get that. I get the grateful messages. Um, people are in isolation and different things, and it's like, yeah, I get some people in Africa or some people in India. They don't have, they have less, but you shouldn't all also just push your feelings aside. I think that's also dangerous. If you don't acknowledge something, it'll get louder. If you keep suppressing it, it will get louder. So it turns into repression. Yeah. Because the moment you, you resist it, it's like you're denying a part of yourself. Like you're actually feeling that. Cool. I'm noticing I'm feeling that. Sometimes we need to go, fuck, I'm actually feeling that. But that's, there's a reason why I'm feeling that. 
and maybe I've never been in this situation before. And a lot of us haven't been in this situation before. So it's like, have you been taught how to feel like this in a pandemic? <laughs> how do you know how to be positive during a pandemic? Well, we did apparently get warned about this a number I've of got years ago. Five steps for being positive during a pandemic. It's not going to happen. Like we, what happens is right now there's a shift going around the world. There's a reaction that happens. We react when our worlds change. We react from past wounding. If you haven't dealt with your past wounding, if you don't understand your past wounds, then guess what? I'm going to naturally, things are going to come up for me. Fear, anxiety, scarcity, lack. Like we watch the news and, and that's the thing. It's like, I think we have to start acknowledging and go, you know what? Everybody's trying to do their best right now. How can we understand each other more? How can we seek to understand? Instead of going, no, you should be like this, or you should be like this, or you should act like this. Like there's so many people opinion, like giving it to people. You're affecting my this because they're coming from reaction. They're coming from fear. Yeah. So what do they do? It's like, I'm going to fling it on you. And then, the, and then you can come back and take it personally. Like, who the hell are you to tell me how to feel? And you're, you're not social distancing enough and you're not doing that. People are getting in fights. Besides toilet paper. Well, that's what, that's, that's what happens when the repression comes yeah. in, mm. is that it then manifests in unhealthy ways. Mm. When, it, when it starts to stack up and stack up and you don't voice it in, in a healthy way, and then you think you're being positive on the front end, but then it comes back to haunt, it comes back to buy you later mm. on because it just gets... Dun, 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 dun. And that's the scary thing. Is like I, I think someone said to me, I was like, oh, you always seem really positive, and I was like mortified by that. You're like, I am negative. You don't know me that way. <laughs> I am dark right? inside. But also, it doesn't mean that you're not a positive person if you if you frustrate or annoy or, or piss people off, right? We have to like, when did high vibe or being positive mean that you don't, you know, rub people the wrong way? It's like, can you only be high vibe if you if you give over your your values or if you react? If you sorry, if you respond and, and act in a pleasant way. Well, there's a there's a big difference between responding and reacting, yeah. right? But it's like, are you really high vibe if you give her your values just to not piss someone off? It's funny you not do this, really because you do this really well. I'm not so good at it. What's that? Um, you speak up and and just be like, boom, that's not happening, and like just be like, no, nah, straight away, right? Yeah. Um, I on the other hand have been brought up not to. Exactly what you're saying. I would take me a lot, like like a kettle, and then bang, and then I'll burst, and then I'd like feel regret and shame after that. Whereas you're definitely like you've been raised in a different way, where you've actually shown up in that space of like this is what it is. Well, it's a war zone where I grew up. <laughs> yeah. It was like you. Everyone had their opinion, and it was like everyone wanted to be hurt. And it's like mm. you had you. We all, and that's why the women in my family are very, 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 very strong, strong-minded women. It's just mm. like we 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 went at it. Yeah, you know. But it's not even it's it's. I think we need to frame – I think people are looking for positive, but I don't think positive is what we're looking for. I think we're trying to find what's useful. I think useful thinking is what we need to be focusing on. And that's why some people come to me and they're like, well, this person that I respect said this and this person that I respect said this. Mm. And they were two opposite opinions on the same topic and now they're left in this limbo of uh, – uh, 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 
like I've got two people who I really respect and yeah, yeah. Uh, which one is right, which one is, and it's like, well, they're both sharing their useful, mm-hmm. right? So I think we need to be on a search for what is useful. And sometimes what's useful is being allow, allowing ourselves to feel what we need to feel mm. and not judging it. And, and that's another thing that I kind of have a gripe with um, some of the motivational accounts is that for one, they play it safe and I don't have a lot of, I, I, I don't like that in a sense um, where it's very nice things. It's like, it's meant for people to like it. It's positive, never running the risk of rubbing anyone the wrong way. Mm. Right. But, and I just kind of think that, Sharing things that people are going to like and make them feel good allows to keep them in the game. Mm. Sharing things that might trigger them but are useful that are not that are sometimes hard to hear is what improves them within the game. They're both just as needed. One, yes, positive keeps you in the game. The other makes you better within it. Mm. And for me personally, the the route that I've gone is reality is more reassuring than reassurance itself. Mm. And I think while reality is sometimes really tough, I think it's more useful to find strength within reality as opposed to living in a world of delusion because it just is positive and allows me to feel good momentarily. I don't want life to get easier. I want to get stronger within it. And I think that's what it is. It's like we learn self-development so that we can actually learn how to deal with our thoughts, our feelings, our emotions. We learn how to become more effective by doing the work. And somebody asked me this the other day. They're like, Emil, but I'm still experiencing insecurities. I'm still experiencing fears. Like I thought I've done this work. It, does that I, sh- I shouldn't be feeling like, and then you get upset about feeling that. And it's like, it's, it's never going to go away. You just get better at it. Yeah. You get better. You, the, the frequency hmm. doesn't necessarily stop. And this is in my opinion, as someone, you know, that uh, struggled with the, the depression at one point, it's like the frequency of, of stuff showing up doesn't necessarily, but your, your ability to attend to it hmm. or be, or grow your less judgment, judgment towards it or less shame around it or a wrongness around it or a negative around it as opposed to like an observant sort of sort of viewpoint as to everything I've experienced uh, whether negative positive how is it how has it been useful and I I think again everyone's waiting for this time when life just gets simpler it's like no you get stronger but on the way to getting stronger sometimes things are going to have to feel like shit mm. and that's that's the positive. It's, it's like you can't live in this delusional world of positivity all the time, and it's not healthy. Like it's like you say, the repression then turns into um, what you think you're doing is positive on the front end ends up ends up coming and rearing its head down the track later on. It's actually when you are actually the most disconnected and lonely. Yeah, it's when you're denying yourself actually what's actually happening. This is when you're like you will feel the most disconnected. Because this is the thing, we're both made up of dark and light. Yeah, great, light is amazing. Dark is actually where you're going to transform your shit. Mm-hmm. And when you go through your shit, you're literally going to ask yourself, you should ask yourself, how, what did I learn from this circumstance? What did I learn from that particular experience? And no matter how painful it is, there's always lessons in it. So when you ask a question like, what did I learn from that? You go, well, I learned not to be treated a certain way. I learned to stand up for myself. I learned that... Um, 
me speaking out, I do have a voice. Like there's so many things like where people are like, ooh, I don't want to rattle that because that's uncomfortable. That's where their work is, right? Mm. It's like if you, if you want to have integration and you want to be a fully expressed version of yourself, mm. it also means like the integration of the shadow where, you know, some people don't want to be a bitch or, or what, but they coin as a bitch. Like, some people don't want to be this or that or be an asshole. And integration is understanding that you're every single trait that is human possibly to be had and everyone shares in every single one. Mm. And to know that that every opposite has something else and resides within you, right? So that's why sometimes when it comes to, you know, people talk about authenticity being a, a positive thing. Well, it's, yeah, it's also saying, you know what? 50% of people think I'm one of the greatest people that they know. 50% also think I'm an asshole yeah. and they're all correct mm. because I am everything under the sun at any, at any, at any given point in time. Yeah. And I don't think that that means that I'm a, I'm a negative person. But to some people, I might be perceived as that. But again, what would be worse? Repression? So where's the trade-off? And disconnection, it is. It comes back to, here's one for you, spiritual bypassing. So I think that was a, was that a question? That, no, but that question was, um, the question you asked was, is positive, positivity um, oh, yeah. toxic? And it does go back into spiritual bypassing of like, you know, everything happens for a reason and... You know, I had, I saw a sign and, you know, and I get that it does, have, everything does happen for a reason, but it's also don't disconnect what just happened. Mm. Like, let's be real about it. Like that happened. It hurt. I need to speak up about this or I need to yeah. connect in. Like I'm not all light and love. Yeah. Like someone tried to say like, I never want to position myself as all light and love. Mm. I see that as one of the most, one of the most dangerous places that anyone can position themselves because people are going to hold you to that standard. Right, and I think like with our relationship with Joe, like I, I think we've got a good one, and it's it's quite it's quite like within the typical realms of male relationships. Mm. Like if I'm flat, I just say, "Oh fuck, I'm I'm, I'm just feeling flat." Mm. And you guys could go, oh, "Why?" Like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, and I don't think that I need to be upbeat Ben all the time for, for for people to be mm. accepting of me or whatever. If you guys came to me and it's like I'm feeling flat, it's like yeah, you're a human being. Like you're gonna. You're going to. You're not going to be uppity all the time. Like that's false expectations that I'm going to be thrust onto you, right? Mm. But they also that means that I've done that to myself first. Again, we've spoken to, about that before, mm. right? And I think um, people just have a really unfair expectations around how positive they are. They're, they're meant to be all the time. And and if that, they're not positive, then people like we hear it all the saying like all the time going. There's negative people around you just get rid of them and i think it's it's a, it can be dangerous it's like all of a sudden you're like you start looking for people that are, anyone that's being negative you're like you, you're just negative like i get you can have that negative nancy mm. in the room that's always like everything you say they're like yeah but this is happening and they can drain your life i get that but there is a difference between like you looking for it like and not actually acknowledging it that's a big difference the massive difference. Every time you literally are around people and you're like, yeah, see, they're not my people. They're not, they're not vibing with me the way I want to vibe because I'm a high viber. That's also dangerous because there's a, there's a gap there. And the gap of judgment of going, I've already learned this. And, and I say this to my students as well when they leave our retreats and they leave our events. I say to them, I'm like, you're going to go home. You just learn a whole bunch of new stuff. 
guess what? You're also going to judge people for not being where you're at. Yeah. That and grandiosity. That, 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 that's dangerous. That mass shame. That, that grandiosity a lot of time is, is the mass shame. Mm. Because originally they are coming to me or they're coming to the event or they're coming to this because they've wanted acceptance their whole life. Then you finally accept yourself. Now you accept myself. Now it's you guys that need the work. You You're guys should, fucked. You guys should go and do self-development. It's not me. It's just everyone around me. Or, or the whole classic saying, I need my boyfriend to do this. I need my girl. <laughs> I need my girlfriend to do this. They really need to learn this. <laughs> no, you need to accept where they're at and be with them. Yeah, that, space. that shows up a lot in relationships. I think that's a that's a whole other that's a whole other that could be a topic, um, that's a whole one altogether, whole podcast altogether. Um, so I think the next one: Do good men exist? So. This ah, there's who, just who so much by? to that. that was um, by uh, beats with a Z underscore EK uh, on Instagram. You sent this one through. So, yep. so thank you so much for doing that. Um, do good men exist? Emil, do they? Or are all of us assholes? Jeez. I Just think, complete assholes. I think it's, it's, it's a really, it's an interesting question because it's so, it's so wide. Do good men exist? Of course good, good men exist, but. Do you want good men to exist? Yeah, it's, it's what is your belief behind that? Because if I've constantly been, if I've been hurt, maybe it's my father, that maybe it's your father. Um, her name is Beta. Um, Beta, maybe it's your father that you don't have a good relationship with. Maybe it's a boyfriend that left you or was really awful to you. Um, and then you've had a few of those boyfriends and, and it started from somewhere and everything's a pattern. So maybe your belief now is that there's no good men out there. So now if that's your belief, then what's going to happen is that you're constantly going to look for faults in men because something burned you a long time ago. And this is what we can do as, as human beings is like we have an experience and then we name that experience and we agree that that's it. Because if I agree that that's, that's my truth, then I'm going to avoid getting hurt again. I don't want to feel that pain. So what happens? We go around and we look for people and we, oh, deep down we want to be loved but deep down there's something that has not been healed yet and then we go outside and we point and we say it's like a generalization you know do good men exist of course there's good men out there of course there's men that love themselves of course there's men that can emotionally express but if we are constantly labeling and generalizing and putting the whole thing it's like it's not fair it's not fair to you because you're going to literally always get what you look for. Yeah. Well, that narrative is just going to continually mm. play out. And, and it can fall back onto like unhealthy expectations as well. Um, yeah. But again, well, again, we don't, we, we, um, beats underscore EK. Again, like there's so many variables that go into, you know, your personal experience. So we don't, we don't know personally, but for, for, for a lot of women, mm. sometimes they've, they've had, the narrative is that their mother has been the hero mm. architect archetype and it, it's sometimes, and this is the, the scary thing about sometimes when people talk shit about their spouse in a breakup and when there's a kid involved is um, the narrative becomes that my mom said all men are the same, mm. no oh, men yeah. are good. And because your mom has, it carries the, archi the, the, the hero archetype and you look up to them so much, Having that be disproved destroy, it destroys a little bit of the hero archetype that your mother wasn't right mm. in a sense, right? So it's like 
my hero in my life has said that there's no good men. I need to fulfill that out so they're they're right on that topic. For for them to be not right on that topic would be too hard to 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 realize mm. that maybe they weren't right on that. So women will some some and again it's it's some given certain certain circumstances want to play that narrative out because it supports the hero archetype of which they built around their mother. Mm. They don't actually want to, they don't want to find a good man because it contradicts that. Contradicts so, belief. And if I do find a good man, then what, what's the story? I'm gonna, like we always get yeah. something from our story. Well, the story wasn't right. And that yeah. aspect around what, what I was led to believe wasn't true, but that also then can affect um, some men. Oh, yeah. In a sense where um, my, my parents had split up, but my mother didn't had never never talk shit about my dad, right? Never. Uh, no, she kept she she didn't. She was really good in that sense where she just didn't um, didn't really talk much about anything, and, and we we became aware over time maybe there were some things that maybe were not admirable at all, mm. right? And eventually like that and and i think in a small sense and and there's no blame like my mum didn't do this for me it's like i adopted it from just what i've kind of realized was that sometimes when the narrative has been you you're the mat you're you're a son and your mum's the hero archetype and she is to me she Mm. is to me yeah and you then worry that you're going to you're going to fuck someone over like you felt like maybe your mum was. Mm. And you live in this perpetual state of not being fearful of you getting hurt, mm. but you're the one that's going to do the hurting. So I, what I'm hearing is you're saying like, if you have a story about your father, mm. which is not good, right? Because your, your mum, It's your not mom, that anymore, but yeah. at one point it might have been that. Yeah. Then what's the fear? Well, it turns into, well, I don't want to manifest that again. I don't want, I don't want, like, am I going to be just as bad? Hmm. And then the fear turns into not, not trying to find a good woman. It's like not ending up being, being someone that hurts a good woman. Yeah. So, right. But, so then but, I get scared. But like, deep down, it's like, I, I have a fear that I don't, I want to turn out like my dad. I, and I hear it so many times. I don't want to turn like my dad. I don't want to turn like my mum. My God, if I turn out like my mum, that would be the worst. And that's where the healing is. That's the funny thing. Yeah. And it's like, it's all unconscious. Like, this is the thing. Like, I've got so many great tra- traits from my, from my dad. Hmm. And it's not so much like not wanting to be like my dad. It's more like some of the things that maybe the bad, played out the when, when you're young and you don't have, you don't have, and, and I've done a lot of work around it. So I love my dad. My dad's, you know, uh, you know, He's a good man. Like I appreciate everything he's he's been able to do and everything. So I don't I don't have a bad sort of viewpoint towards him. I've done a lot of work around that. But I think you know for a long time for men that have that have been afraid of that they've spent their whole life trying to prove that not right. Mm-hmm. Then I've and I and I've looked at it myself as like again I was thinking for such a long time and maybe one of the big things was like I'm more concerned about hurting someone than being hurt myself. Yeah. Because it's like, well, men have been known to do this. And it's like now but the fear becomes, am I going to just continue on the same 
flow of wounding because mm. he, he he didn't do things or whatever if out of nowhere. He, he got them from somewhere else, right? Yeah. And understanding that you don't, you, he's, not, he's not to blame. I don't blame him in the slightest for, for that. But then when it's you, it's, it's a lot harder to, to allow yourself that affordability, right? So, uh, again, it's like, can we trust, like, I was just like, can I trust myself to be, be better? And then for some women, it's like, I don't actually want to find a good man because it just doesn't fit the narrative. It doesn't fit the narrative. So, but there are, good, there are good men out there, but again, you're not going to find a man that's everything that you, it's, it's, you know, you can write a massive, if you're going to write a massive list of the things you want, the things you want in a man, you're going to have to write a, a whole list next to it of the polar opposites because they're going to display some of that in some retrospect in, in hopefully in, in a lot of small doses, but there's definitely. I mean, it's also going, well, if I want a good man, it's going to be kind, generous, compassionate, open-minded, thoughtful. It's like, am I showing up like that? It's like, you yeah. want this, but how are you showing up like that? And th that's what I'm saying. It's like, it's, I want a man that's accepting, but I'm not being accepting because I'm like judging every man for his fault. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like we mirror as we mirror shit. And this is why we need to be really conscious. And I can't believe I just said that word, but conscious of our own thought pattern yeah. and how we, we point. Because when we are pointing, there's three point fingers pointing back. It's like, if everything's wrong with them, how am I showing up? I'm showing up as judgmental then. So what's the healing I need to do then? If I can't find a good man, it's like, where do I not accept parts of myself? Where did I reject myself? And like I said, it comes back to there must have been something that happened. Either, either it was your father, it was your grandfather, it, yeah. was, it was a male figure that disappointed you. And then from that disappointment, you decided that it's the same. Yeah, they're all the same. And you want that to you 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 value that being the case more than it actually actually finding a good man. And I feel like what she actually needs is is deep like acceptance, deep love for herself. And from that part, like check into like what are the things you've been denying about yourself? What are the things that you haven't allowed people to see? What what are the things you're ashamed about? Because that's where she's gonna get I reckon her healing. Mm. Then she can go out and go, okay, cool, I'm open to that. And it's gonna be scary. Like there's so many like. like coach so many clients where they're like okay i'm ready to find my man now and that's scary for people it's scary to be vulnerable it's scary to, to show up and go hey my heart's open this time because there's risk yeah. there's risk of rejection there's risk of getting disappointed again there's risk of like your expectations on someone else going i want you to show up like this and if you don't show up like that that's going to trigger that 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 little that pain spot yeah and I think it's just, it, it can be safe to like, and I know for me, for me, sometimes when stuff gets a little bit difficult, it's like, it, it's like you just go to look to find like your escape route. It's like, where can I find, where can I find all your flaws? I'm going to focus on them. They're going to give me enough to validate not having you in my life anymore because <laughs> I don't want to have to go through this level of growth, yes. right? And it's like, I've seen myself in my head do that and be, have to really go, you're doing it again. We're so good at it. You're doing it again, man. I heard this once. You, the moment you start judging it or judging the person, that's giving you permission to separate. Because if I can separate, and I say, you're doing this, you're doing that, you're showing up like this. What's, yeah, it's, it's easy to go. It's, it's your it's, fault. It's easy to point. Uh, Why did you break up? Well, he was a fucking... Yeah. You're right? Yeah. Well, they were... They were and you whatever. start looking at... I'm the same. I was I, so good at finding 
faults. Yeah, she's like this and she does this and I don't like the way she does that. And then my mind will go off and have a little story and keep playing it and replaying it. And it's like this movie going on. And yeah, and I think Disney, I think like, I think media and Disney has like completely fucked up everyone's perspective of like how relationships would be. It's like this unicorn that everyone's waiting for where it's like, it's just like amazing all the time. Mm. So you're going to be waiting a long time. You're going to be waiting a long ass time. Wait, wait, before you go on. There was a quote I read the other day. And the quote was, Do not expect your relationship to always be perfect and fun. The deepest unions certainly have space for joy and excitement, but they also have space for vulnerability and healing. When growing in self-awareness, there will be times when one or both feel agitated because they have come into contact with old hurt. A couple that welcomes inner growth will experience an expansion of their perspectives start to let go of their past, practice consistent honesty and cultivate the skill of being aware of their own tension so that they do not project it onto their partner and cause uncertainty and unnecessary conflict. It is natural for things to feel shaky right before there is a shift into greater harmony. Real love blossoms when both know themselves better as individuals. Mm. And that, like, when I, when I, that was... um. By young Pablo is um, a poet, but mm. it's it's you think about it. It's like you want to find the perfect person, but it's like there's no such thing. It's it's an illusion. Yeah. So what's the anecdote? Is acceptance. Where am I not accepting myself? Where am I not accepting parts of me? And where do I want that more from outside than to go inside and accept me? Yeah. So to your question, yes, there is good men out there yeah. and maybe generally you are just having a bad like a, run, a bad run of luck where you just are I mean not men that are just not not your style yeah um okay so next question is could you go without your phone for a day then um <laughs> look so many people who would know me and um uh there's no way I'd be able to go and take a, a sort of any sort of good way of making myself look in this situation because my girlfriend would call me out completely immediately but um look i have a i have an issue with checking my phone a hell of a lot um my you know my business is on my phone but i again i can use that as like a bit of a an excuse like i know that i have a crux and um look how you're crossing your arms these i know i'm just like <laughs> I, i'm getting defensive in my body because i feel like i'm on trial right now um yeah look i think i i think i definitely could but that's not to say that i don't have an issue with um maybe being on my phone more than i should so um i could i'd, I'd have de i definitely would have moments where i'd i'd go to find it or go to reach for it and then maybe experience some withdrawal symptoms. Um, but that is not to assume that I don't have a bit of a, use my phone as a bit of a medicator or a bit of a distraction. Um, that's probably one of my biggest things that I'd say um, myself and my girlfriend would say that I need to work on. Could I go without my phone for a day? I could. Um, it happened actually the other day. Well, I had my phone, but I, I didn't have internet. So remember there was Nyepi here? Yeah. So there was Nyepi, there's this holiday called Nyepi in Bali. 
And what it is, it's called the Day of Silence because they say that the evil spirits fly over the island. So the whole island shuts down for 24 hours and you can't leave your villa. You can't go anywhere. And some, did you have internet? Uh, it, 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 it popped back up, uh, um, I think around nine and nine or something like that. Yes. But then it was like, it was like, it, it was, it was at serotonin. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm back on. That's what I'm saying. I had no internet for 24 hours. And I even, I remember saying to my mom, I was like, mom, I'm not going to have internet. So just if you call me and you're freaking out because of what was going on with Corona, just like, let you know. Um, told my girlfriend that was it and then the whole day I didn't have any internet and I was like at the start I was like devastated like fully devastated like what the hell am I gonna do I'm in Sevilla by myself and then it actually became one of the most I had the most connected fun day I've had in a long time like I read books that I wouldn't be normally be reading I sat in the sun. I listened to audiobooks. Um, I cooked. I made a big bone broth that day, big pot of bone broth. Um, it was just super interesting. I did meditation. I meditated twice that day. I watched the sunset. It was insane. And I think when I said that, I was like, I'm going to do this all the time. Have I done it? Nope. But I think it's really good for us to have breaks with our phone and like, for example, like even with the gym, like I have the phone with me at the gym and if I don't have my routine at the gym, I'll end up checking it or responding to messages. So I think it's really good sometimes not to have your phone in the gym or have parts where it's like, you don't have it with you. Cause we do, we have it with us, like probably have a break from it, maybe an hour a day, I reckon. If you're lucky. Yeah. I think it's one of those ones where it's like, and, and for me, it's been one of the hardest habits and and still is Mm. right at this moment. Um, but again, making that habit less accessible, yeah. less and less accessible. Um, leaving it home, leaving it in the bike, leaving it, you know, not, ha- not having it next to your your bed. I mean, that's still something. I mean, I have a bad habit of of waking up and checking my phone pretty much straight away. Like that's not that's I, probably not the best thing. Well, it's is definitely not the best thing to start off the day with. I turn my phone off, and I have my iPad there. So then I do my morning routine and wake up and then I, and then I turn it on after, but yeah. then I still do get tempted. Yeah. I'll be like, Ooh, I just checked that. Yeah. So we could, and, and for myself, uh, it's definitely something that, um, I struggle with. Mm. So, um, okay. So last question for today, uh, which one is it? What you um, what, what are your morning rituals? So from the moment you wake up. So mine right now, I'm actually working on this with my coach right now. So I'm just like, I've had so many different morning rituals and I, I believe you should have a morning routine and a night routine. Um, what I would like to include and what I'm creating a habit out of now right now is waking up, meditating, either listening to an audio book and then heading to a gym. And, and then I have either a green juice, which is like this green powder, superfoods and then i wait a bit and then i have my bone broth and then i go and train because i need to move my energy um and that's working really well for me right now i think the moment i get pulled in if i don't have a morning routine i would go on instagram and that waste you can waste so much time i have a timer on it on instagram that says 45 minutes and then it goes off you've been on this for 45 minutes so i really 
really try to make effort not to go on Instagram straight away or anything like that. That's just going to allow me to just scroll unconsciously through a whole bunch of stuff because then that also takes my energy on what I'm going to create that day. So yeah. I, meditation is a big thing because the moment you meditate also, or even journal in the morning, like I don't journal in the morning. I try to journal more at nighttime. Um, but meditating in the morning just to breathe and like center yourself, then listening to an audiobook versus listening to something that you're watching on the news. Like we react instantly. Mm. Our bodies are absorbing instantly. And if you're not careful, especially with that kind of stuff, it would just automatically download. And then all of a sudden that's a day you're going to have. Yeah. So I think it's really important. Like your first hour of the day is your hour of power. And I try to make it my two hours because I go to the gym. And then I also have just incorporated to go into the spa and sauna after, um, after gym. And then at the, after I finish gym, spa sauna, I'll do the ice bath, sauna, and I'll also do a mantra. So before actually, sorry, to go back, before I even leave the house, I'll do my mantras and I look in the mirror and repeat, 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 repeat. And then even when I'm at the ice bath, when I'm five degrees, I'm literally repeating my mantra. And I literally have to, it's like my focus. It's like you're doing this because you're, you're putting into your own cup. You're doing this because you're, you're focusing. And sometimes I'm like, I hate the ice bath, but I'm like, you're doing this because you're, you're strengthening yeah. your mindset, you know? And that's the part that like gets you to push through uncomfortable things because it's, it's such an intense, painful feeling. Like when you're at five degrees, it's like my feet are hurting and I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm noticing my feet are hurting. And then you breathe through that and it moves and you're like, and my elbows are hurting. And then they're like, and, and it is, it's true. Whatever you focus on will grow. So if you focus on the pain that you're in when I was in the ice bath, then that's what comes up louder and louder. But I literally am focusing on my breath, coming back to my breath. Then my, go, my mind goes straight to the pain, and then I go, come back to the breath. Back and forth, back mm. and forth. And then you hop out, and then I walk on the grass. So I ground, get some sun, and then, uh, yeah, it's my mornings. What's your mornings like? Um, so lately I've been getting up a, a bit earlier um, than I usually would. Um, but it's good. I'm waking up pretty much like my circadian rhythm is pretty good. I'm waking up um, pretty much when the sun's coming up. Mm. Uh, what time are you going to bed? Uh, it depends. It, it, it depends. Sometimes it, it like, I like to wind down my brain and sometimes I watch, I like to watch stuff that doesn't take a lot of mental capacity, like <laughs> dumb, dumb shit on, on Netflix. Right. So sometimes if it's like a, a series, like I just got through a whole series, like occasionally I'd be up until two, but that's, that's rare. Um, to be getting into better realm at the moment, uh, I, I'd say I'm probably falling asleep bet around between 10 and 11 at the moment. Um, waking up at about six, just after six. Uh, last couple of days I've done yoga at seven. So either I'm doing yoga um, uh, or exercising which you my, can't believe by the way well I, the funny thing was is like I was doing a lot of yoga when I was back in Perth before I moved out to Bali I was doing a lot of hot yoga hmm. um, and then I moved to Bali and then I just stopped doing it which you, which you think is backwards you come to Bali you start doing more yoga like no um, I'm the same I used to teach I used to be a teacher yeah I got to Bali and I stopped doing yoga altogether mm. so weird so um, one of the things I'm trying to improve is my mobility. Mm. Um, so focusing on that aspect a bit more, but yeah, um, typically it's either it's a blend of yoga or, um, boxing or, um, weights 
morning time. Um, I wake up, I have water, I have my um, capsules, my telomere capsules, and then I have to keep you to keep you looking young. Just just for you know, just ben, for the long ben term. Thinks, ben thinks that if he keeps taking <coughs> these telomere capsules, that he's going to look like my age. When oh look, there's a lot of things that are going <laughs> to age a lot of people really quick, and I like to focus on some good longevity practices and rituals. So that's one of them. Um, I have my adaptogen uh, tonic. Um, that's my that's they're they're my two things that are every day mm. um, with water, have my coffee, espresso, maybe a long black, ice long black, maybe typically typically those three are my go tos. Um, go train, mm. then I go for a walk um, after train with my with my girlfriend, mm. and then I break my. Um, typically, I'm fasting at the moment. I'm doing 16 hour trying that out, but I'm also doing a prolonged fast during the week, uh, once or twice a week, uh, once, uh, once a week or once every two weeks. But I'm typically having about a 16 hour window right now where I'm not eating. So I break that with a, um, smoothie. Mm. And then by the time that's done, then I start to sort of enter into my work around about, um, uh, 10, 30, 11, 12, depending. And again, it depends on what happens. If I have a dinner the night before, I stretch it back out. I move, I move my training about, out a bit more um, so I'm not eating too far after that. So it all depends. It fluctuates. But the, the main things are I'm waking up, um, having my tonic, having my capsules, having water, then you know maybe my coffee, movement, exercise, um, walk. And then basically once I've done all that, then I enter into everything else. Work. Yeah. yeah. Cool. All right, guys. Well, thanks so much for your questions. I uh, hope you've enjoyed uh, all of this. And uh, yeah, next time we, we just keep an eye out. We, we like to uh, hit people up over our social medias to be able to give us some uh, questions. So we're, we're loving them. Keep them coming in and we'll uh, see you next time. Thanks, thanks guys. Peace.